my wife Amber, she uh, was always um, fascinated by Sweden and, and Scandinavia in general. She she did an exchange when she was in her teens, uh, went over there for a year or so, and always wanted to go back there. And then uh, I think about ten years ago, um, I was just reading the Australian um, newspaper yeah. and in the employment section, and there was a little ad saying. Um, World winemaker, uh, you know, young dynamic winemaker required to work in Northern Europe and, um, you know, blah, 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 sort of went on and it sounded fantastic. And anyway, so I applied for it and I assumed that it would be you know, Germany or something like that. But uh, And then um, things sort of progressed and we found out that it was in Sweden. And so then my you know, wife, of course, she was like, right, yes, we, let's go. Let's up and leave and, you know, let's get this job. So mm. <laughs> we went through the process. Yeah. Uh, I was offered the job and we, yeah, we moved to, um, to Sweden and uh, stayed about three years. Um, but the interesting thing was that this, uh, this project um, that we were uh, involved in was um, quite at the time top secret because it was a rather large wine importing Swedish wine importing company that wanted to um, pay a bit more attention to detail and 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 concentrate on uh, making wines that were um, much better than what they were doing. Mm. So they wanted to hire um, a couple of Australian winemakers because of our, I think, um, what they said was our uh, you know technical know-how and 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 can-do sort of attitude. So um, so then they basically. Uh, uh, bought an old herring factory in Skåne in southern Sweden mm. um, uh, in, a, in a little village called Simusam yeah. and uh, converted it, um, you know, got us over. And the other winemaker, Scott Rawlinson, was uh, in charge of basically turning that into a, a um, wine finishing bottling facility. And my role was to go out into Europe and around the world and and make wine ah. in, in more of a bulk bulk. Uh, I suppose. I mean, I was used to working in small wineries and um, you know more high-end um, boutique wineries, and suddenly I was um, you know down in Italy, uh, you know, making millions of liters of Chardonnay, for example. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so, but how did that business work? With is it you're talking about the company Oniforos? Is that that's the one? Yeah, yeah. So Oniforos is the mother company, and yeah. then uh, Oniforos built uh, Nordic Sea Winery. Um, which was the this facility um, that was in in Simrishar. Yeah, and so we, uh, we we didn't really know any of this because it was um, at the time when we applied for the job because it was all sort of top secret. We signed a confidentiality agreement, so we thought actually thought we were going to be living in Simrishar uh, mm. in in Stockholm. Yeah. And my wife, you know, she was a teacher, so she had, you know worked you know organised to uh, you know work at an international school. And then when we actually came to Stockholm, they said actually you're living in this little village down south <laughs> in Scotland. How was that? So, was that sour grapes? I said, oh, my well, God, well, this no, is no, country. We, we, were, we were open to anything. Yeah. And, you know, we, 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 we basically you know, rented our house out back here in, in the Adelaide Hills, packed all our things up in our shed and just decided that we were going to you know, go and live, uh, you know, live in Sweden somewhere for, for a couple of years. And we didn't really know what to expect, but we, we didn't have any children at that stage and and we we have you know in the eighteen years we've been together we've often you know gone on these sabbaticals mm. and and lived overseas and travelled so this was this was perfect and just to make wine um you know 
or do one related things in Sweden was quite unique. So, but yeah. but you, uh, so so if I understand it correctly, you were traveling around, or in like in Italy, you were importing grapes, or you were importing wine to this company in Simrishamn, who was then bottling it and selling it, or how how did it uh, work? Well, I I would go down to say, for example, the during um, you know the vintage time in in uh, the Northern Hemisphere is, you know, sort of August, September, October. Yeah. So I would spend sort of that part of the year down in Italy uh, going out to vineyards, going to wineries um, with an Italian um, translator, business sort of guy. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, no one spoke English down there. So uh, my job was just, you know, just find the vineyards um, and come up with a plan for the styles of wine that we had planned to make and okay. for all the various products that the company had. Yeah. And uh, so I would go down and basically make protocols for different wineries to make this specific um, wines for different products. But I was also in one town called Locker Rotondo in Puglia, um, and my job was to make basically a million litres of Chardonnay. And <laughs> it was pretty crazy. So I would, I would go down, make this million litres of Chardonnay, um, for, which should you know, sort of take me a couple of months, finish the wine, and by, let's say, January, it would be ready then to ship to Sweden, and so we say there's five pro, five steps in the winemaking process. Mm. Um, we basically complete three of the first steps in the the actual country that Italy, it came yeah. from in, in the satellite winery. So this would happen in France, this would happen in Spain, in South Africa, Australia, all around. And so we then would fill what were called these. Um, uh, it's like imagine a bag and box. Yeah, um, but it's twenty five thousand liters, and it's a big bag that's inside a shipping container. God, okay. And so we would fill those up in the you know the satellite wineries and ship them by truck to the port, and then they get on a on a boat and send them to this little village Simrasar, <laughs> and where we would unload them and uh, then finish the wine. Mm. Um, so you know, cold stabilize them, filter them, and that facility was set up by the other winemaker to just bottle um, all the wine. So I think when we were there, it was, um, we're doing about 12 million litres a year. Of, my God. It was crazy, yeah. Like, it was way out of my sort of uh, <laughs> steps. <laughs> so, so how is that business? Is it a very profitable business? Or was it profitable for this company, do you think? I think it is, yeah. Yeah. The, um, uh, I mean, the, the guy who was uh, in charge of it, who he's actually a Greek guy, yeah. um, Takis, Soldatus and yeah, just a very uh, clever man knows you know what you know where the markets are and and obviously you know sort of the majority went through the system below it yeah um, but also the you know the, a lot of wine was exported to um, you know Denmark and Norway and Finland and mm. and I think since then they've gone into other markets um, but yeah basically you know making wines that were affordable and really you know geared straight towards that um, that Swedish palate which. At the time, was sort of you know just what is the Swedish palate, Taras? Well, well that's, that was a that was a tricky one to sort of find <laughs> out. But basically, um, uh, what, what, what we found was um, you guys do love wines a bit sweeter. Mm. So, um, say for example, um, a red wine um, in, in Australia, most people you know it's bone dry. There's no residual sugar. Whereas uh, we would do trials where we could actually use grape concentrate and sweeten wines up. To the point where I got to the point where I'd be like, "Whoa, that's that's uh, that's pretty sweet." Mm. Um, but we'd say bring all our staff in and workers at the winery and sort of say, "Just pick your favourite one," and we'd have a trial set up, and they'd all sort of be on the sweeter end. 
<laughs> and uh, so we'd uh, sweeten these wines up, and uh, they were very popular. Mm. Um, and I mean, I, uh, but I think it was because the you know the Swedish palate back then, you know, just sort of learning about wine. Yeah. And I think it's that's where say maybe Australia was, you know, ten years ago, twenty years ago. Mm. And you know, as it's, you know, you start on these things, and then you you know you sort of. I suppose you learn a bit more and your, your palate becomes accustomed to the characteristics of wine and, and you don't need the sugar to sort of, you know, um, soften soften the, you know, the, the, the tannins and the acid and so forth. How interesting that a country's palate kind of changes also according to experience or how long it's wine has been in that country. That's quite fascinating. I, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, this is, uh, I, I was just, uh, you know, the dumb winemaker just, you know, making the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was just following uh, sort of, uh, you know, what the marketing people were sort of telling me to, which, uh, which is easy. Um, and, but the, the whole experience was, um, for, for me, amazing because you, you know, I was traveling to all these different wineries around Europe and, uh, um, you know, you first initially, you know, you jump off the aeroplane, mm. um, hire a car, try to find this place, uh, and then, you know, the language barrier, and then, you know, try to actually put wine together. And um, It know, sounds like a winemaker's then, dream. It was good, I must <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it, I was, I was um, you know, and my wife, uh, Amber, so she works for the winery uh, in, in a production um, uh, role, so she looked after yeah. you know, labels and corks and bottles and 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 she also worked in the lab. So during during vintage, when I would go down to you know make the wine in the various um, wineries, she would come with me and uh, you know do all the lab analysis and mm. and help me in the cellar. And then we I'd need help as well. So um, uh, you know I'd need cellar hands. Um, mm. And so I would uh, arrange for cellar hands from Australia to get flown over. And I, I mean, they happened to be my friends as well. So yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really the ideal situation. And then you and, worked. For, oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. And then you worked for Nordic Sea Winery. Yes, so that's where we were based in in Simrishamn. Okay. And so I would probably spend about uh, you know uh, half the time there and half the time uh, abroad. Yeah. Mainly southern Italy, um, going to these you know different wineries. Wow. And and but. You know, so the, the, you know, I'm probably about two thirds uh, in Sweden, and so we, um, yeah, we, we, you know, we we survived the winters and and you know lived through the the rainy summers and you know danced around the maypole and you know got <laughs> soaked and. You know, <laughs> but then the pull of Australia became too strong, and what? What happened? But, well, yes, you know, as, as it always does. We were gone about three years, and we, um, yeah. you know, you you miss your family and friends, and we would come back every year. Mm. And also, I was itching um, to. To start my own project, yeah. Um, so uh, that that was one of the main reasons, um, just to come back and and uh, scratch that creative itch. I suppose I was I was feeling because I really wanted to get my hands uh, stuck into something which was quite the opposite of what I was doing there. So mm. I started a coat of barrels, which is um, uh, very small scale. Every all the wines I make are hands on. You know, we use organic vineyards, and we don't actually add anything uh, to the wines, just a bit of sulphur and. So quite the opposite, and it, and uh, um, and it makes yeah. It, it was just I was just dreaming about this little, I suppose, creative um, avenue, and uh, it, you know, you got to three years, and we thought, you're right, let's let's head back. But so we've been back since and uh, mm. to visit friends, and you know, right around we uh, we used to um, basically go to Copenhagen nearly every um, every second weekend. We'd jump at 
get our bikes, stick them on the train, and head over there and just and just ride around and and yeah. uh, you know, it's a run, great run around those crazy yeah. Danes, and then yeah, <laughs> come back, come back, and uh, you know. But um, I, I, I'm impressed though with your wine making because I looked on your website and everything is sold out. So what what is your secret? You, you, there is a niche market, or there's something that you really hit here in Australia with your wine making as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean it was uh, we've been very lucky, um, you know, with you know really good good press and 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 excellent, you know very lucky with Mother Nature the last couple of years. Our uh, our fruit that we've um, been able to grow on the, on the various vineyards has been exceptional. And when you have really nice fruit, the, you know, um, if you you know sort of know how to not make vinegar, then. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I suppose yeah, we we're just uh, in a lucky spot um, where people are enjoying our wines, and, and we don't make a lot. And I, I make it all myself. Mm. Um, we have a little winery on our property, and. Um, so yeah, it's easy to sell out when you're small. So you, you could say. Okay, Taras, I mean, what what is it you miss most with Sweden of Sweden? I love the crisp, cold air. Um, I do, uh, you know, and I used to love going outside. It was just that, you know, so so chilly and and refreshing and and. Uh, that yeah, probably probably the weather that you know a lot of the Swedes actually don't like. You know? But <laughs> I, I I loved it. Um, and uh, I just, um, I suppose, uh, um, where we were yeah. um, down in in Skåne, it was just so such a beautiful area. You know, all the all the you know the rapeseed fields and and the, the flat roads and the old old buildings and hmm. um, and I think that you know that I don't know where all the Swedes that we um, I suppose dealt with in our in our work and and social circles were just lovely, accommodating, you know, beautiful people that. Um, I think we're just very lucky then as well, unless the whole of Sweden is like that. But mm. we, but we absolutely um, were treated, um, you know, very very well, and and everyone was so warm, and they brought us into their homes and introduced us to their families and friends, and, mm. and really made us uh, part of their families. And and uh, so yeah, we we made some excellent friendships, and and you know we've been back since, and and, and our friends have come over here, and and yeah. It was, it was, it was fantastic. They, they were nice to this Australian winemaker who was on his secret mission. Yes, they were, definitely, yeah. 